Have you ever seen people who appear to have it all together, especially in church, and wondered about the real story beneath the facade? Or how about this? What's your story? And what would happen if people knew the real you, the glorious, the wonderful, the messy, the shameful? Listen in as we tackle hard questions of faith and following Jesus. Welcome to She Seems So Normal, Stories Not Shared on Sundays with your host. That's me, Lee McKenzie. Episode 59. It's not always a one and done until it is. We're bringing him home to die. Mom told me her husband was coming home from the hospital and beginning hospice care. My heart hurt for her. Before we hung up, the Holy Spirit nudged me to reach out and complete the circle. I'm sending you a big hug. Can you feel it, Mom? I asked. She paused, then responded, her voice cracking. Yes, I can. Thank you. He died five days later in the late afternoon on Tuesday. A Thursday flight from O'Hare brought me to Denver within 48 hours of his passing. It had been four or five years since I'd been to see her or gone back home. Triggered and panicking as the rental car carried me past memories and ghosts, long dead down I-25 and into town, I fought against the darkness that was trying to wiggle its way through my armor. It was aching to overtake me. I refused to let it gain ground. Easing the car onto the shoulder, I prayed and texted friends for prayer coverage. My voice shaking, I spoke aloud. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I stand in victory. And I did, because Christ did. No power in hell separates us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. That day, the enemy lost his grip on me. I knew I was wrapped in the loving arms of the Father, that there was now no condemnation, that I was free from sin and death to serve unreservedly with loving boundaries. And so I walked through the door of the house that was once filled with the stench of death and ghosts of abusers past to become the fragrance of Christ the best way I knew how. And in his goodness and his mercy, God showed me ways to open-handedly honor my mother in one of her greatest times of need by doing the job I was sent to do. There was a lot of wholehearted hugging and hand-holding. We wrote his obituary together, which was a cathartic release for me and healing for her. She asked me to sing at the gravesite, but I kindly refused and offered other suggestions because I didn't know she knew how singing triggered me in this context. Mom shared the hardships of the past months, tending her husband through dementia and illness, and finally, as his earthly body failed, we shared a tender time. And I pray she felt heard, supported, and loved because that was the job the Lord sent me to do. Hours before leaving, I felt God prompting me to explain why I hadn't seen her for so many years. Finding the strength and courage to finally confront her face to face and not just over an email, I simply said, I've been really angry and upset with you. Without inquiring or asking for a single detail, once again, she stood silently with her mouth open, the doorway framing her like a live, unblinking portrait. For the first time, she understood I knew everything she allowed to happen to me as a tiny girl at the hands of the men she brought into our home. Tension hung between us like an iron weight. She wasn't going to try to make it right because she didn't have the tools to try. And that's okay. 
Because my Savior healed my hurts and took away the pain, I could love Mom right where she was for who she was without receiving apology or explanation. It was loving the sinner and hating the sin. The longer I waited, the burden of pain shifted from my shoulders onto hers. I looked into her eyes with compassion and pity and spoke these following words. All is forgiven. There's forgiveness, Mom. Brene Brown says this in Rising Strong. When we own our own stories, we avoid being trapped as characters in stories someone else is telling. In the end, we will individually account for our lives, our words, our deeds before the throne of the Most High on Judgment Day. And as much as we forgive others, even when it means forgiving the same offense again and again, not seven times, but seven times, 77 times, and friends, that is 539 times, we are measured by our own standards. That scares me sometimes if I think about it too much. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, the writer of Hebrews 10 says. You know, my part is trusting in Jesus and being intentionally obedient to do the workplace before me. God's part is healing and making me whole, reconciling the past and restoring my life, now and eternally. What's the chink in your armor? Peter's question still haunts me. Do you ever wonder if there's earthly freedom with certain issues or if we're consigned to suffer until heavenly perfection? I have. I've wondered, are my thorns left embedded to keep me humble as I constantly search for His grace that's sufficient, that His power is made perfect in my weakness? Had unforgiveness held back my healing and allowed the darkness to overcome me? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus proclaimed at Calvary as he took my place on the cross that was meant for me. He died for me to live. His life ransomed mine because he bridged the gap for my sin. Forgiveness is the key to the kingdom then and now. Praise you, Lord Jesus. It is finished. How great thou art.